Hey folks, and welcome to the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. I'm your one of your tokenomics hosts, Mishka Katkoff, and I wanted to let you know that we recorded this episode literally hours before the announcement that Bored Ape Yacht Club creator had raised $450 million uh, to build an NFT metaverse. So that's the context for this podcast just before the announcement came in. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We appreciate all the feedback. Uh, so please keep sending it. And if you have a moment, do write a quick review and give us, uh, give us your opinion on the podcast. And if you have a less than a moment, you only have a second, and you think we're doing kind of good job here, please consider giving us a few of those much-coveted stars, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform. It's free, and it really helps us with the algorithms. So without further ado, let's jump in into the Tokenomics Episode 6. It's another episode of the Tokenomics Podcast. I am here with Anton Bachman, Principal at Play Ventures, Mishka Katkoff, the CEO of Savage Games Studio. Well, hello again. I don't know how I got, how I get like caressed to do these every second <laughs> week, but we're here again. You're here. You're the cipher for the audience, and it's me. It's me, uh, Ethan Levy, executive producer at uh, Network. Uh, today on episode number six, we're talking about FTX. We're talking about Com to US's Play to Earn platform. We're talking about NFT University, and most importantly, we're talking about the leaked leaked Yuga Labs Board Ape Yacht Club fundraising deck. All of this and more on episode number six of the Tokenomics podcast. This is this is where the ad break goes. If we don't have official sponsors, I, I have my own ad. I'm going to read. Anton, why didn't you go first? Yeah. For uh, yeah. Shilltown. Sounds good. So um, to everyone listening, we've done a series of podcasts focused on, on blockchain gaming together with the fine folks at Iron Source and their Level Up mm-hmm. podcast. And um, as of today, uh, the two first episodes are published with the inaugural episode focused on covering the fundamentals of blockchain gaming, followed by an episode with guest host John Jordan, where we discuss community building in the play to earn space. And uh, you can tune in and listen to the episodes in Apple Music and roughly 20 other streaming platforms. So um, anyone interested in this space and uh, assuming all the listeners here, go check it out. Is that under the uh, Iron Source Level Up feed or is it its own, is it its own podcast? Yeah, you're going to find it under the, the Level Up feed across the different platforms. Wonderful. So uh, make, sure, make sure to check out the new uh, collaboration between Anton and the team at Iron Source. Our favorite ad mediation provider here, the yes. Constructor of Fun, right? If, if we would be giving rewards, they would be getting yeah. it, <laughs> like Got as it. the best one. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, buy my own ad space here uh, to advertise Network. I even wrote some copy last night, so I'm gonna read it in my best radio voice. Nice. Ready? Network Studios is on a mission to create incredible experiences in, on, and around the blockchain. My team, the legendary Heroes Unchained team, is looking for a crypto enthusiast product manager to join us and drive our systems design, live ops, and events. Do you love index match formulas? Do you dream of progression systems? Do you hammer out event specs in the morning before modeling currency flows in the afternoon? Do you like rolling the odd D20 now and then? Then the LHU team is your perfect next adventure. 
If this sounds like a right fit for you, head to network.com, that's N3TWORK.com, and apply. We've got a variety of positions open on my team and others, including product management, game design, platform engineers, art directors, and more. Join me, your third favorite tokenomics podcast host, <laughs> and help Network Studios build the future of Web3 gaming. All right, fumbled that one a little bit, but that was good. That's right? a good first try. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now that we're through with Shilltown, let's do some uh, news updates. Uh, first one I wanted to talk about was just a, as a thought experiment, uh, Mishka and I were, were tech- talking the other day about mm-hmm. maybe a, another live event. We were thinking that it would be a great uh, opportunity to do a deconstructor fun crypto games conference, try and own the the crypto games conference space. So I, I ran a straw poll on uh, on LinkedIn, over 150 votes, and uh, Miami is the top city. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? You guys want to go to Miami? Was hey, wasn't yeah, Miami mean- quite a close second here? Helsinki was a close second. I mean, other got the most votes, but people didn't rally around some other cities. Like, just saying other and then throwing Lisbon or New York or London in. So, Helsinki was a close second. I'm down for Miami, and and we can can record a live live tokenomics episode. On a boat, maybe? (laughs) A Miami boat party (laughs) tokenomics? On a yacht. yacht. (laughs) On a yacht full of board apes. If you would like to sponsor said podcast yacht, no, 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 no. We're so so. Here's the thing: we uh, we're arranging the uh, the first live event. That's going to be a week from now, and the in uh, Istanbul. Yes, oversubscribe, oversubscribe three times, and that was the thing. Like we had so much oversubscription without really promoting it. We started thinking like, hey, can we like this is a clear case for NFTs (laughs) because there's more (laughs) demand than there's uh, than there are than there are seats. So. We should do something regarding, and, and I think they're, they're quite interesting plans. There's already a specific Slack channel on how to fund this in a very uh, decentralized way. So I think yeah. we all agree also on that Miami is the spot. Like if you're a crypto bro or a crypto sis, of course it's Miami. There's no other options. Okay. <laughs> so think, we'll, uh, I, I, I we'll think, get I, on that. We'll... I think we should look into doing uh, proof of attendance NFTs for people coming into Istanbul. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But if not for Istanbul, then oh. for, the, for the Miami event, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some people coming to Istanbul just for the blockchain stuff that you're doing. So, um, awesome. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we're gonna have a really good um, panel. So hope, hopefully, over the coming weeks and months, we'll turn this from a pipe dream into a real event, and we'll get to meet all you fine folks in person in Miami. Um, all right, I'm gonna do uh, three quick news stories uh, before we get to our big topic. Uh, first one I wanted to highlight was uh, FTX hires Steve Sadden of WB Games as the head of gaming partnerships. So I know, uh, Anton, on our on our secret Telegram group we're on, people were quite interested to learn what FTX's plans were. And I've talked to Steve since he joined. They're very exciting, and I'm not going to share them here. I'm hoping to coax him onto the podcast to tell us all about FTX's gaming ambitions uh, but Steve uh, had been running WB Games mm-hmm. Boston, uh, doing some very serious uh, mobile games. He's a serious operator, and I think this is a great uh, hire for FTX. I think um, looking at some of the other larger projects, projects or companies in the space, there, there's been a spree of kind of high-profile hires across different 
um, companies and products. So Ryan Watt from YouTube joining Polygon to run mm -hmm. Polygon Studios. We have a bunch of um, executives from gaming joining Fortale. So lately, uh, we're looking at at some many some fine hires, executives hires hires on the business <laughs> side <laughs> uh, at at Solana as well, coming from Unity uh, and other companies. And I was just I think Ryan from Polygon was tweeting just last week on, on some of their latest hires with uh, Michael Blank joining from, from EA and uh, a couple of other big names. So they're, they're, these these actors are clearly bolstering up on uh, on the biz dev side and, and recruiting from recruiting from uh, existing gaming companies pretty aggressively. Yeah, and if anybody wants to come tell us what they're doing, just uh, reach out on LinkedIn or on the uh, Deconstructor Fun Slack. Happy to have some guests. Um, Second news story, I want to talk about Comte US, uh, their C2X uh, token. They did a $25 million funding round uh, privately led by FTX Ventures, Jump Crypto, and Animoca. And I believe they also just yesterday did their initial index offering on FTX. And uh, Comte US is one of those uh, master of mobile free-to-play companies that I'm kind of scared of as a competitor, right? They're, they're bringing Sumner's War to the blockchain. They've got this Chromatic Souls game. They're building a whole platform, and I think they have like six or eight different games that they've already announced for it. And uh, these are very serious free-to-play uh, developers and publishers with great experience making top-grossing games. And uh, I'm excited as a player to see them level up the field of, of crypto games and as a developer and competitor, I'm slightly frightened, to be honest. They're a, they're a big name. Yeah, it's interesting to see how, how from like top level the CEO and, and, and management are all in on what's happening in, in, in the blockchain space and really want to, to sort of see this as a new direction for the company as well and see it as a natural evolution of a free to play currently as well. Um, and um, shameless plug and or a disclaimer play ventures is also an investor in this round albeit a, a minor investor uh, but, oh, um, but what they're doing what they're doing on the terror platform is uh, is really interesting so so keep an eye keep an eye out for them got it and uh one one last quick news story i want to uh congratulate friend of the podcast chris heatherly who uh i had worked with at network um, when he when we acquired Funko Pop, we worked together for about a year there uh, as colleagues, and he's at a company called Recur Forever, where they launched NFTU, which is a uh, blockchain-based trading card experience for college sports. Uh, they had their first packed uh, drops last week. I think they're called Cases. Both days of Cases last week sold out in a minute. I wasn't able to able to get Cases either day. It's uh, college basketball is where they're started. And I just wanted to uh, congratulate our friend Chris Heatherly, who uh, me and Mishka, we did a Netflix episode with a couple months ago. Yeah, so what does Recur do? Like, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. They are a NFT platform. Mm -hmm. um, so they're doing this. This is their first brand that they've announced, which is NFTU. They're, they're doing digital trading cards. Um with uh, uh, just kind of like NBA Top Shot or NFL All Day. Mm -hmm. And they've announced a bunch of different brand partnerships that I believe they're building more collectibles experiences. And, you know, I would expect if you hire someone like Chris Heatherly, you're probably building out some game development as well. So, mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe we'll get him on the podcast to come tell us what they're doing yeah. uh, in the future. The rule changes in um, the monetization of NCAA athletes uh, was coincided pretty well with, with the NFT wave. And, uh, and um, I think it's probably going to be uh, an important way also for, for NCAA athletes to, to monetize on their fandom now. So congrats, Chris, and everyone at uh, Recur. Um, all right, the, the main topic today is the Bored Apes, who I, uh, I realize I, I frequently Freudian slip as the Bay Area Yacht Club, so hopefully I won't do that uh, in today's episode. The uh, Bored Ape Yacht Club, the big news, actually there was a lot of big news out of Yuga Labs and, and Bored Apes um, over the past week or two. Um, the, the main topic of conversation is going to be a deck, a fundraising deck that was leaked that, uh, Anton, you shared with me on uh, Twitter. And uh, I, I've saved a copy for easier than Twitter consumption. Uh, if anybody wants it, just reach out on Slack. But we're going to talk mainly about that deck and about the, the metaverse ambitions of uh, Yuga Lab. Um, and just a quick correction. I wanna so s- I shared a tweet Go ahead. that... That you should have tweeted the deck. Got it. Yes, correct. So we are not leaking the deck, just to be clear. We're not <laughs> leaking the deck. Yeah. There is a deck that has been shared on Twitter, and if you would like the link to that Twitter thread, just uh, let us know, but it should be easy enough to uh, to Google it. Um, let me just set the stage here a little bit for the conversation. So uh, Board Ape uh, Yacht Club has made a number of moves in the gaming space or gaming adjacent over the past couple of weeks. I think we're all familiar with Board Ape as the blue chip um, uh, NFT collection. Uh, the great flippening happened sometime last year where Board Ape became the number one uh, valued NFT collection overtaking CryptoPunks. Um, here's some of the headlines kind of leading up to... Um, this other side teaser the other day. So last year, Board Ape Yacht Club and Animoca Brands joined forces to make blockchain NFT games. So last year, at some point, it was announced that they were teaming up with, you know, the 800-pound gorilla in the space, Animoca Brands, who seems to have their their fingers in every single pie uh, to, to add some utility to the Board Apes and, and bring uh, some form of NFT gaming uh, to them. Um... La- was it last week or two weeks ago? Very recently, uh, Board Ape Yacht Club dropped the ApeCoin token to its NFT holders, and some people made tens of thousands of dollars an hours by immediately selling their Ape tokens. But uh, a- or ApeCoin, ApeCoin is kind of a component of the forthcoming Board Ape Yacht Club uh, metaverse ecosystem. Uh, another story is that they then. Uh, in in a move in their partnership with Animoca, uh, uh, released a Benji Bananas NFT, and that sold out. And if you own the Benji Bananas NFT, it allows you to play an Animoca brand's legacy hyper-casual game called Benji Bananas as a play-to-earn game to earn the ape coin. So repurposing of a game that's already on the market, kind of similar to what Animoca's done with their crazy tower defense games and their tower token. And then uh, just the other day, also, Yuga Labs, the owner of Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, released a teaser trailer for Other Side, which is the metaverse mentioned in the deck, it looks like. 
And uh, yeah, I think that kind of sets the... St- oh, and, and also, of course, Yuga Labs acquired the intellectual property rights to CryptoPunks and MeBits. So they're kind of now the holders of probably of some of the biggest uh, NFT collections in the world at this point. And that all kind of positions them with their token and their brands for this metaverse play that was um, uh, uh, in this pitch deck that was leaked. Uh, I'll just say I found on the internet before we start talking that on on the uh, Board 8 Discord, uh, a member of the team said, that's an old, outdated pitch deck and hilariously a version that neither Gordon nor I ever saw. There are a lot of things in there that have already changed and plenty more things that will change because fuck doing expected things. So that was the, uh, the statement. So, you know, not... Uh, we all know what it's like to see a work in progress deck and I'm sure things have changed, but it feels like there was a lot of true information and strategy and, and at least things they're considering in that deck. So that was a lot of scene setting. I think did that um, kind of set the picture for where board apes ha- is going uh, before we start talking about the deck specifically. Yeah. And I, I just uh, since finish Finnish things tend to get mentioned on this podcast, so it's, I think it's worth mentioning that both both Benji Bananas and the other Animoca brands repurposed game Crazy Defense Heroes originally come from from um, Turku, Finland-based studios that were acquired by Animoca a few years ago. So they're clearly putting these putting these IPs to uh, to good use here. Um, and um, regarding the the acquisition of of uh, CryptoPunks by by Yuga Labs, it's um, probably one of the Probably the biggest to date uh, in, in the NFT space, considering kind of get increasing the one one of the parties increasing the the IP portfolio. the The idea also for the users that they wanted to bring was giving giving better commercial rights to individual owners of these NFTs, and that they could start have more freedom around monetizing them. But um, an important caveat here to remember is that if you look if you look at that uh, announcement a bit closer, uh, they're not extending full copyrights to the owners of these nfts but they are there are are allowing increased increased commercial rights uh to the to these to these holders yeah i think that's that's one of the really interesting parts is that um people own their they if you hold the nft you have commercial rights to that specific board ape or mutant ape right so like I believe some uh, holders are starting a band, a gorilla-style virtual band using their board apes, and they're represented by some big power Hollywood agency. I think I saw somebody is opening a, a fast food burger restaurant with their ape, and just like, if you own an ape, you can use it um, commercially, which is pretty interesting. And, and as, as Anton said, they're expanding that to... Uh, crypto punks and um me bits in some ways do you you don't do you own a board ape or a crypto punk <laughs> were you in early enough nope nope I've, I've i've been too i've been too busy focused on the DeFi tokens uh that um yeah. these crypto punks and, and, and uh, the board apes kind of slipped through my fingers there but um but yeah well, let's see let's see what comes what will come yeah i i, I have to say like i'm I'm coming on this like way behind you guys. So when I look right. at this, it's like the first thing that I think about is like, what the fuck is going on? Like I'll be <laughs> actually 100% honest. And I bet 99% are doing the same, if 99.9, right. because 
what I'm looking at is like a low quality JPEG, a picture of an ape with various like a really poor tagged skins on it. You know, it looks like out of a game that my five year old plays. And um, I don't know, like, like, like <laughs> it's just funny that this is a, considered like a premier blue chip NFT. Yeah, this is this is a luxury. This is the luxury brand. Yeah, Some of the celebrities that here, own Bored Apes. But, but here's the thing. Include like, Justin Bieber, yeah. Serena Williams, yes, Jimmy yes. Fallon, yeah, Shaq yeah, can't yeah, be wrong. Cuban and, and I, I it's like <laughs> like, listen, um, what what this is about is that yeah. that it's a it's a small members access only digital community and in yeah. order to get in you have to pay an exorbitant amount of money and yeah. it's boosted by celebrities of course and it's boosted by the fact that the uh, the market has been overheated and the value of blockchain has been going up um, just as as you know uh, as an investment and it has been going up as of late as well. Like the, uh, I think the floor pi- price is about 300k in dollars. So that's just you know looking from 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 the uh, from the side of it. This is an, a highly highly exclusive, hard to get in digital community that costs a lot of money, but doesn't have that big of a following in the real world. And we're going to talk about it later. Yeah, yeah. I think in in the deck it, it, they they make it clear or it, you know. In the alleged deck, I guess it could be mm-hmm. a forgery, but it, it seems to be. It's claimed that it's it's not a forgery; it's just outdated. But um, that they want to broaden their brand outside of just mm-hmm. the holders of this high-end luxury NFT good, mm-hmm. and that g- their gaming ambition is a big part of that um, to widen it out with new NFTs like land and these new what are they called? Qubits or Codas? which is a new NFT they're dropping, but then, uh, you know, plans to build a bigger game and a bigger metaverse that we assume probably wouldn't require an NFT to access and be available then to um, millions of players. That's kind of what I read into the strategy is that they view gaming as the lens through which to bring in the world to the Bored Ape Yacht Club. Yeah, I think I think to Mishka's comment, um, I think that's, precisely what the what the product is right now i think it's but i think it's fair to say that that product actually works to some extent uh, to this point by selling that kind of digital community which is which is sort of very mm-hmm. very gated uh in in, in in a sense uh and um and that's i think if, if we look at the revenue slide from the deck uh that's been quite clear for them that that actually works from at least for the moment but i think i think time will tell how, how sustainable that Kind of core product uh, on on itself or in in itself uh, will be when it comes to when we're looking at the deck and, and and their future ambitions in terms of kind of building a virtual world and and, and building games. It's uh, it's uh, it's interesting to read it because it's all it feels almost like you see uh, these founders and the team taking kind of a full turn and realize wait a minute it's it's games all along. That has been mm-hmm. kind of the, the preferred medium of of of, engage, of engaging in a uh, in a three D world, and um, I think we can we can dive dive into this this specific part also a bit a bit deeper in a moment. But um, but it's it's um it's an interesting challenge when uh, when when thinking of who is the core audience of of, of, of these um, board ape images. I would assume it's a fairly wide uh, group group of people also, despite that 
all of them are united by by kind of the interest towards owning these uh, the board and JPEGs. But um, but are they actually gamers? I don't know. The the core audience of who own, own own these JPEGs. Do they are they interested in owning them because of potential utility, because of access, or because of the uh, the collective thought that the value will go up, uh, and and they primarily own them as as investments. But um, but yeah, looking at their ambitions with the with the MMO, I think I think we have we have some opinions on that. I I, I have to be honest. I, I mean, this is I want this to be later in the discussion, but it almost befuddles me why they would even want to raise venture capital, because in in the deck they've done a ton of revenue. They have the ApeCoin out. ApeCoin's twenty four hour trading volume was a, over a billion dollars right now. So from from my vantage point, right, VC has a lot of advantages to it. But also, once you accept VC money, you are basically making a commitment to some form of exit, right? Uh, Play Ventures doesn't invest in, in a studio or in a project out of the goodness of its heart. It's part of an investment strategy to make a 10x or 100x return on investment. And now that they have the ApeCoin, I mean, if I were them, I would just sell 1% of the 24-hour trading volume every day into fiat until I reached however much money of fiat I was trying to raise. And then you have a lifestyle business with all the funding you need to build your World of Warcraft competitor, and you can make the choices that you think are right, regardless of whether you think they end up in you selling to Microsoft or listing on the New York Stock Exchange. Like, I actually don't quite Mm -hmm. understand why go after VC when, from my vantage point, they have all the power and ability to raise all the money they need from the public. Yeah, it's. Um, I think from from my point of view, I would. Uh, it, it, it it can be about the money. Uh, in, in in this case, they I think they are able to, as you mentioned, the raise that either through new primary sales of, of new collections of NFTs. They're going to do land sales and uh, looking at other land sales from from other virtual worlds. Previously, they've done really well uh, on that front. So, so um, I don't think I don't think capital raising, as mentioned, is going to be a concern for these people uh, or this team. Uh, some sort of reasons I can think of, if obviously, if, if the founders they don't come from gaming, they don't have team members from gaming, uh, and um, necessarily don't have the experience to recruit people from the industry and start building mm. internal studios for 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 uh, production. That uh, this is likely right. likely a way for them to feel affiliate themselves with, with VCs that, that could potentially help them. With, Legitimacy uh, with and connections. Exactly, yeah. Hmm. Uh, do you guys mind if we just go through the deck first? Because a lot of people haven't seen it. So yeah, of course. If I can Sorry. run people with yeah. my, my own perception, which is uh, most likely not controversial to most listeners, but controversial to everybody who's deep into tokenomics. Uh, so so um, just you know, looking at it, like the first... The first page is always the founders, like who these are and, and et cetera. In this case, <laughs> there are just pictures of, of board apes, which makes sense, of course. But these founders don't even have names, just Twitter handles. Like, you know, you don't have to. They have two presidents, two co-presidents, not CEOs, two presidents on a company of 46 people. Um, clearly, 
they don't need the uh, the extra VC money for for themselves because they're probably all these secondaries and token sales and whatever has been happening here, uh, or the NFT sales have have um, have made them mighty wealthy so that they don't have to do the uh, the day to day job and they don't even have to do the strategic job. They're kind of doing like half strategic job, <laughs> so basically like a co president. Um, not undermining their work or anything, just saying that it's kind of weird on a company of 46 to have two co-presidents. The company, yes, as I said, 46 people, they plan to revolutionize not only gaming, that would be easy, but also street, easy. easy, but also streetwear, of course, uh, and events, which, you know, I would have started maybe with events and then going into the streetwear. Well, they, they, they've, they've done events. Yes, they and have. There's, there's a great article um, I read about it, about one of their events in New York um, that basically uh, made a metaphor that Board Ape Yacht Club is closest to a streetwear brand mm-hmm. out of anything. And that article actually helped me really understand Board Ape Yacht Club and the appeal. Um, like Supreme. So I feel like, what? Supreme, like like yeah. Supreme. Exactly. And so, I mean, I feel like those, um, since they've already done the really hard part of building a lifestyle luxury streetwear brand, like that seems to me almost uh, luck plus easy compared compared to the aspiration of revolutionizing gaming and mm-hmm. building the singular metaverse, which is just impossible. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I, I think it's kind of a, personally, I think it's a fool's errand anyways, but even if their ambitions were just to build a World of Warcraft competitor and not the number one interoperable um, metaverse, mm. it's that's a really hard task so, that so, takes hundreds of people five years. So let me, let me take the listeners yeah. into the point of like, yeah. where does this gaming come from? So yeah. in this presentation, which is done, like I can only imagine that they have a... I don't know. They have a couple of adult beverages while while doing this this uh, this deck because it's uh, it's tongue in cheek at <laughs> dropping at, the, yeah. yeah at at best. So it's eighty pages. Also, it's like it, yeah. it, you know that's a lot for for the content that is uh, non-existent uh, mostly. So they're racing. So they talk about the race towards the metaverse. You know, with the likes of Microsoft, Roblox, and even Walmart, and of course Meta. Um, there's zero context what metaverse is, in their opinion. Um, just um, the word should be enough to understand. It's not technology. It's not anything. It's kind of everything. Okay. Uh, it goes with all the craziness regarding the metaverse and the cringiness from images from Ready Player One to Matrix. Uh, they have good call-outs, though. There's, they, they talk about the, uh, the fact that a virtual social hub ain't got to cut it uh, as a metaverse in long term. And, of course, pointing at meta. And that metaverses are creating boring shit, which I 100% agree. And, and I mean, if you look at, no offense to meta, but if they look, you look at their metaverse presentation with those, with those avatars, like it just, it's, it just looks so boring. Now. It's just like, like the stuff that, that meta put out is just it's incredibly boring. Uh, but um, but anyways, or or boring or just straight up impossible. Like in that video where where you see the uh, this is from the uh, the meta announcement uh, when somebody's like scrolling on Instagram and they see like meaning like this has to be today or tomorrow. So they're scrolling on their iPhone and they see a rock concert and they tap on it. If people haven't seen it, they tap on the rock concert and in the Instagram it acts like, hey, do you want to join your friend in this story? 
at the rock concert. They're like, yes, I do. And the hologram of this person who was scrolling the, the Instagram appears in the event and they're like having all this fun with a physical and a hologram together. And then they get like an NFT ticket inside this concert and then they go later into this lame ass second, second world. But it's just like, it's, it's, like, it's like lame, impossible and sad all at the same time. <laughs> Uh, just, oh, I, just, thought you were, I thought you were uh, describing my deconstructor of fun <laughs> Miami pitch deck. <laughs> I think this goes back back quite a lot to one of the things we discussed earlier yeah. in one of the one of the earlier episodes of the podcast. That um, and also very visible in in the kinds mm-hmm. of uh, pitches that we see is that there's a bunch of people that necessarily or most most often don't come from gaming, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm pitching the idea of these virtual worlds, which is all. Obviously, something also that some executives at various tech companies have also picked up uh, the narrative around those. Um, but then, if we look at these kind of rudimentary, just plain 3D social hangouts, um, there's not a ton of engagement happening. In these, I think, if we look at the yeah. ones that are are existing now in uh, in the in the crypto space, which would be crypto voxels, decentraland, there's really no kind of hook in itself that would bring these users to come back on a daily basis. And if you look at the the activity of what's happening on Decentraland, it's almost, as mentioned previously, it's, it's fully almost um, um, happening because of Poker. what Decentral Games is doing. And they're building games in Decentraland. And, mm-hmm. and and that's where they're creating the, the engagement. Also looking at, I mean, if we look at Fortnite and, and their, obviously their big conferences as a part of their, their live op strategy. Um, now, this is just a guess, but I'm, I'm not sure if users would come or start start using, become Fortnite users just to attend these virtual concerts, but it's more of a, an additional engagement tool, monetization tool for the players that come there for the core PR. gameplay itself. And obviously we're looking at it from, a, we're looking at it from a specific lens, from a gaming lens, because um, I think that's the world that uh, that we understand. But, but um, I think when it comes to also to crypto, the virtual worlds that will utilize on-chain elements uh, are probably going to be the ones that, that there's an in, there's kind of a there's a hook there's a quarter loop why people would come in there and, and and social the social graph that is born out and the social aspects of those worlds are more just the ripple effect of players coming together, doing shared goals, uh, etc. And uh, but these I, I'm not too uh, bullish on these um, just blank 3d social yeah. words yeah. that, that want to capitalize on the social elements i think there needs to be exactly. something yeah, that's I, really kickstart those I, user bases i agree I, I that was something that really stood out to me about this deck is that it it kind of presumes that any viewer is bought into the idea that the metaverse is a thing mm-hmm. and you know i have i have a couple different opinions on it and one of them is that uh, we have Discord. That's the closest thing to this version of the metaverse. And that the convenience of it being on text and on your phone is what player is what users want, right? Discord allows you to form ad hoc social communities around any concept you want and share them easily with people. And we have that. And until we're actually all wearing AR glasses mm-hmm. that work in the real world, Which we don't we'll never will. Let's let's hope for that. <laughs> I, <laughs> right, because we're going to have them implanted directly in our head. Yeah. Once that happens, then I'm interested in a 3D virtual hangout space. But like, <laughs> a- to AR me, you, if someone is right. those, let me know. Right. Um, but like, the Second Life 2.0 
which is kind of this deck kind of says everybody's doing second life 2.0 but they're doing it wrong and we're going to do it right with interoperable nfts Mm -hmm. and and i don't think that's a it's not going to be fun and people aren't going to show up for it the the thing that surprises me like if i were trying to pitch a a metaverse pitch to you anton and, and play ventures i would say there is a generation that has low purchasing power right now they are the Roblox generation, and Roblox is where they hang out. Once they get to college and enter the workforce, they're going to have extreme purchasing power, and this is the type of experience they're going to want as they get older. Therefore, I'm building this for the Roblox users when they turn 2022, 20, start getting jo- full-time jobs, and move out of the Roblox age range. Right, that's the metaverse play. That's like a strategy mm. I could understand. And if you backed and and I think the heart, you'd have to make an argument for why that's not just Fortnite. Um, yeah, but that that to me is a very tangible strategy. Whereas I feel like anybody who's just basically saying 3D hangout space, Second Life 2.0, like I don't think I think Second Life is a very niche product. Yeah, or Rec Room and, or or those type of yeah. yeah. Well. Rec Room, I, well, so I, I got to get Cameron on to talk Rec Room on Twig because you guys bash him all the time. He gave me my first internship uh, in gaming, and I think Rec Room has a lot of user-generated experiences. Like, there are games to play in Rec Room, and it's a younger-focused thing. It's like a Roblox competitor. Like, mm-hmm. younger kids hang out in VR or in two, you know on their phones and play Nerf gun fights and put on theater and, like, there's more it's there's a ugc component where i think it's a roblox competitor yeah and and i i agree that it's definitely that audience that you want to be building for i think also looking at non-crypto projects as well there's there's a bunch of platforms that are trying to build for this older audience and thinking that when the when the initial roblox players get older they they somehow graduate to more mature platforms but that's actually not what, that's actually not what ha- what's happening. You're looking at Roblox and 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 their kind of timeline on how the fidelity has improved of the assets on the platform. It's actually, if you look at the timeline, it's pr- improving quite a lot all the time, and the the average age of the Roblox gamer is also increasing. So so the Roblox they aren't they aren't exiting the platform. The platform is actually right. growing with those users. Uh, but I think it's it's, right. it's definitely the user you want to cater for. They don't. They're not super interested, or not all of them super interested in like triple A high quality games. There's a lot of low poly uh, uh, voxel graphics that are interesting because they work from a UGC perspective uh, really well. But and also thinking of virtual worlds with with on chain elements. That's the audience that I would I would sort of focus on mm. and and see how that. As mentioned, the purchase power increases, and these are and these are also users that have grown up with UGC platforms and virtual worlds. They didn't yeah. grow up with single-player narrative games on on, on console. Uh, and um, and but and then if you extend that a bit and look at the hardcore MMO audience, uh, and 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 kind of my best guess is that that's probably not the best match with NFTs also currently, given that it's um, it's an audience that is hostile to any any new monetization model of games but there's likely going to be a subset of those users as well yeah. uh so so right. even there though, are some people that yeah. play pokemon forever and some people who grad who grew up with pokemon and still play pokemon but they also play persona mm-hmm. for instance as another monster collector 
more adult game. When when you guys read this deck and their ambitions of building a metaverse and having a slide that's like World of Warcraft, Apex Legends, CS:GO, like each one of these games takes tens to hundreds of experts multiple years to build right and they're just like gaming and then we're gonna build a metaverse do you feel like we're looking at 38 studios all over again like someone who just imagines that because they have celebrity and money no building an online virtual world is easy and they're just gonna sink millions of dollars into this no actually not and i think the this is the strength of these companies that don't have the gaming background is because they don't have people there who think that high production values is a must and that the, every next iteration has to be with the higher production values and we always have to reinvent the wheel and do everything better because this is how, to, how it has always been done. These are people who just make something quick and put it out there. And you could see it with Axie Infinity, you could see it with every single crypto game that they're kind of shitty because they're not meant for gamers. They're meant for a totally different audience. And when you look at this, when you look at the... Um, the concepts for their game, they look for the land and the yeah codas. for the land they look good enough. They look like they've been outsourced uh, for any two D capable studio out there uh, with you know freedom to roam and draw anything. So so the the quality the the, the quality expected is extremely low. And I understand that there's the technical aspect behind it with all the uh, the elements out there, but I don't think they will have a hard time building it. Like a good enough game team doesn't have to be experienced uh, with with economy designers with the help of of any of these uh, blockchain gaming platforms or you know the fortes of the world. Um, partnering up with them, they can build this any day. It's a light RPG with extremely high monetization of 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 the uh, of the land sales and and these. Um, what what were they called the uh, the codas codas like, like yeah, these I, random items? Yeah, I I agree that d actually the their ability to generate financial success mm -hmm. is divorced from the quality of whatever virtual world they put out. Yeah. Like they're gonna print money with the codas. They've exactly. already printed. They've printed money with the ape coin. They're gonna print money with the land sale. Yeah. Like they they have the luxury brand right now, and they are gonna make a lot of money from people. And, and my question is, like, what's going to happen when the game arrives mm -hmm. and if it's underwhelming? I think the game is going to be 100% underwhelming. Uh, I think right. <laughs> from a perspective of a game developer and, and a gamer. Right. But is it going to be good enough for this audience? I think it could be. Because on the other hand, they have released a couple of games. Like there was, well, the uh, the hide-and-seek game that, that I don't really understand. What was that about? That was in the ARG thing? That yeah, like yeah, yeah. But, the, but, there was, but there was another one. It was like the uh, Apes versus Monsters or something like that. They made a game. And, and uh, that game had... Games. Yeah, a Apes versus Mutants. Um, that game had 30,000 lifetime players. I think that was the other number. So one thing when I see these numbers, and they were posting their Instagram numbers and Twitter numbers, and they're like hundreds of thousands. When I look at them, I'm like, they're drinking their own Kool-Aid hard. Like, they think they're so fucking big, because in their own world... Their own world is is ape shit. Like everything is about this, and and you know, for them it is all about this. But when if you tell me that I'm doing an MMO because my first game that I just released it was a little little indie game I made, but uh, my first game, dude, thirty thousand installs, 
30,000. Think about it. So now I'm just going to go in and make an MMO out of it. In a, in a day, you mean? No, you 30, live time. In Let's go. Like, can you imagine 30,000? That's like a small town, dude. That's a lot. <laughs> so uh, my my uh, HTML5 flash game I made, uh, HTML5 indie art game that I made uh, eight nine years ago has has more players. Yeah. So than so 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 it's it's a, it's a little bit weird, kind of like I understand it because in the crypto, like, there's not a lot of people in in this NFT right. crypto scene. Like it seems like it because we're talking about it and because the, there's so much money well, because going because the revenue it. numbers are so big. yeah because of the revenue numbers. But this is not a big thing. In terms of people, yeah. it's not like even if every company invests into it right now and says this is the next big thing, it's not now. It's just like VR, just like AR. Like we have to be very clear about I, it. So well, yeah. So, I, so I, in terms well, of land I'll sales, disagree on, on yeah, land sales. They have the, like hundred thousand uh, land lands to sell. So yeah. it's pretty small, but it's already uh, three times larger than yeah. their game that was really powerful. And they even had quotes there that somebody tweeted that I've been playing apes versus mutants all night it's like what the fuck is this right. I, yeah the one I'll, I'll disagree i mean obviously i've i've pivoted my whole career to crypto gaming right now <laughs> of course you have to be um, bullish about this like i i i don't think this is the same as vr and ar because mm -hmm. vr and ar is a hardware change that's kind of like driven by our fantasy of what we want to happen and it it feels very top down to me that the tech just isn't there yet mm -hmm. Whereas like this is a bottoms up thing, business model change that is driven by players and new creators that um, I, I see in my, in my mind, I see the story of how this completely eats the free to, uh, free to play game industry mm -hmm. as it becomes easier to use and the, you know, lower friction, yeah. uh, more common day to day and higher quality experiences. Like, of course, given the option of two uh, equally accessible experiences where if I have one shooter where I can buy guns and I can sell them to other people because I own them and I have one where I can buy guns and do nothing with them, I'm going to play the one where mm -hmm. I can sell my secondary we, goods and we, make we know some it, portion Ethan. of my you're, money. You're very bullish yeah. about this and, and I, I get yeah. it. And, um, <laughs> and, and I'm not I mean, going bullish back about that. To... I think they will... Yeah, but we're, we're, we're not going back to this. Let's let's talk about let's talk about <laughs> this one thing. And, and the only thing I want to say, like the only thing I want to say yeah. about this 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 product positioning, that's it, is that Ape Board Ape Yacht Club is not that big in terms of the audience. Like yes, they put in like Justin Bieber has two of these JPEGs, great. But if your game is being played by thirty thousand players all time. What are we talking about? Like the audience is small, and and I think the audience on this game, whatever they put out, is going to be really small. But they, I think they're going to make gazillion bucks because they have proven that they have been able to sustain their value with their NFTs, and associating this with a brand extension or another, you know, a game where you get these. I always forget. I don't even remember the Meeks or whatever the, the second version. Meebits. Um, it's just like, is this like a, like the cheaper version? Like if this is a Bugatti, is this like a Porsche of that? So, 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 um, so I think it, it is going to make crazy money, but, but just the, the reading this deck and getting their perspective that they think that this is like everybody in the world wants to have this JPEG of an ape. And then seeing the actual numbers that are really low. Like even if your Instagram is like 600, 600, 600K, an average Instagram model will murder you like, like, right. like easily all day. 
and not even talking about like the uh, the rocks of the world with like a hundred million followers. So so it's just that, like like there's this disparity of of uh, of viewing themselves as the hottest thing ever because the VCs love you because all the corporations about talking about it and because you have the celebrities to the real 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 world where most people have no idea what this is. I think you're you're a, a bit on the same track as um, mm-hmm. as I'm thinking of this, but I'm gonna explain kind of my my point of view on yeah. this. Now again. I want to have an optimistic look on, on on what's happening in the space, but looking at this specific uh, endeavor from uh, from Yuga Labs, I think you're right, Mishka, in a sense that it's both a blessing and a curse for the team that they don't necessarily, or we're just speculating that they might not kind of know what what the highest standards of game development are and what their end product is going to be. I think they have a very very specific uh, sort of idea of what they think sort of a great game is, and and I, I, I've seen this. Specifically, when when visiting a bunch of crypto conferences and gaming conferences during the uh, uh, during, during the past years, and uh, even still, even though crypto is a lot talked about subject in gaming, gaming is a very popular subject in crypto. These two worlds rarely actually talk to each other uh, in a, in a way. So, at a crypto conference, the gaming content is very different from the, what the crypto content is on a gaming conference, and they're both kind of. I think asking more or less the wrong questions still on both sides. So there's still quite a lot of work to be done to really have these worlds uh, intersect in a proper way. My concern with now these, the Yuga Labs are going after such an ambitious and big project as an as an MMO or a, a meta RPG as they were were calling it themselves, uh, is that obviously setting up high expectations, recruiting a lot of people, potentially ending up in a situation where they really don't know what they're doing. The project keeps stalling, the timelines get extended. We already saw this with Star Atlas, where where um, I think it's still questionable how many of the team have actually worked on, or the core members have worked on large games previously. And already, they already pushed their timelines uh, further into the future. But but hey, they, they said, that, hey, we're going to come up with a mini game. Uh, and um, I think that's going to be a more common solution with these projects going forward, that they they kind of realize at some point, okay, this is quite ambitious. We need to downscale a bit, uh, and then at some point, it's going to look really bad for for these companies if they really can't deliver uh, on, the, on on these promises. I mean, at the end of the day, like three D MMOs on on PC with with deep systems is not going to be a, a walk in the park uh, for 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 many of yeah. these teams. So, um, kind of the final my kind of final take there is that I'm not. I'm I'm quite bullish on on board apes as a as an NFT collection and kind of the stuff they're doing on the on, on the really exclusive community side of things. They clearly have a product that resonates with with the people that has revenue wise made really well for the company. But I'm not so sure whether they should pivot to become a game developer or a publisher. I think they should mm-hmm. double down on their strengths. Uh, focusing on building because they're one of the first kind of digital native lifestyle brands current that only have digital products that the company sell, itself releases and really kind of try to capitalize on on have their the owners of the board apes make this thing bigger uh, than itself. I don't think game development is the right or at least for the moment I'm not sure if game development is the right way for for these projects to go forward but they have something they have a core product that resonates uh, and they should double down on, on figuring out how to make that thing bigger because again i'm not sure if these board ape owners are actually hardcore mmo gamers themselves yeah. and uh with ten thousand people you're not going to make a big game anyway now obviously the ape coin the part of the the part of the pitch of the ape coin was also to extend 
the board ape community and feel and, and give the feeling to more people and users they would also be a part uh, of this community and i mean if if there is ever going to be a game it's likely not going to be gated to people who only own blue chip nft project nfts as you, right. you I, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer i think either you saw the trailer at least and yeah the other well, side so. trailer so um there were kind of sneak peeks of, of yeah. uh, cool cats and, and crypto punks also be part of part of that universe yeah. but um we'll have I'm to sure we'll have to right talk about interoperability that. in the future and because uh, i i think I, that's a whole own episode yeah we, we did with yeah. the uh lady ready player me we did the interop interop i can't even pronounce that word but that was that was the yeah. episode so if folks want to kind of go back but actually i, I want to point it out it, on, on the anton's point of the of the, uh, of the game like you have to kind of go back into into what Board Apes is about, and what I mentioned in the beginning, it's a it's an exclusive digital club, highly highly exclusive for super wealthy and 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 the celebrity and people who want to associate with them. This whole presentation, the whole deck was about how to take it to the masses, and I think that's a big brand risk as well because mm-hmm. the whole idea was to be exclusive, like only few of us get to do. Like if somebody has a Board Ape. That person is minted, like they have money, and it's nice to be in that kind of a community for the people who have money. As soon as it becomes widely open for everybody, there's just going to be another board ape, another exclusive community. Like not everybody should have a Ferrari, and Ferrari is not trying to make cars for everybody. It just makes people for, who, have, who can afford Ferrari. And even if you can't afford Ferrari, guess what? In order for you to buy a Ferrari, you have to buy like those who already have a Ferrari can buy the Ferrari before you. So it's just, it's all about keeping your super wealthy club small and exclusive. And I think most of this presentation was everything against exclusivity. Right. So I think uh, uh, it feels like our uh, tokenomics conclusion is sort of (laughs) building MMOs is really hard, for one. Don't underestimate how hard it is. Uh, Two, if you have a luxury brand, play to your strengths of being a luxury brand. Don't try and go from luxury to everyone. That seems to be uh, diluting it. Yeah. And three, we we believe that the tactics mentioned here around the NFT sales and land sales and the ApeCoin are going to make a gazillion dollars yes. no matter what. Yeah. So we're super jealous of Yuga Labs on their success that they are already have with ApeCoin and the Benji's Banana Pass and everything they're doing, you know, they're doing something right for all our doubts of, of their ability to build a full-scale interoperable MMO. Actually, on that final note, they're doing something right because they're making so much money. That's a fallacy. <laughs> you can make a lot of money, but not doing the right thing. <laughs> so, I, they, are, they are successful. They're successful. Uh, and if they're, that, and and if they're happy to for talk them. to me about designing an <laughs> ApeCoin-powered action rpg or similar just mm-hmm. just reach out yeah. anyways that was our uh, our yuga labs talk let's close it out with uh new hotness uh mishka any any nfts or tokens yet i don't so i was talking to my buddy um i'm not gonna mention uh so he's constantly like he's deep into this nft he has he has an ape let's be honest like he has oh. an ape um he said this to me, and I was like, I didn't even know what to reply. We were just texting yesterday. So um, he said that he can hook me up with, bro, if you need that alpha, I got you. I don't even know. So my, my <laughs> reply was, 
that I feel beta even asking what I'm being hooked up with. What are you talking about? You need yeah. to step up your game, Mishka. What, what, yeah. what was that sentence? What does it mean? That um, he's, no? uh, he's offering you proprietary information that will uh, make your okay. portfolio go up. Okay. Mm. Well, uh, I need that alpha then. <laughs> so, right. You can so. send... If you have some alpha for Mishka and you've worked in the games industry for five years or more, please join the Deconstructor of Fun Slack and then you can send it to him. Hey, okay. Anton, any and new the NFTs or tokens? No idea. The, the Deconstructor of Fun event in Istanbul is going to be pure alpha. Yeah. Uh, yes, so pure it's going to be pure want, alpha. If you, want, if you want the alpha, then you, you got to join. And and um, and then we're starting a new NFT. It's called Jacked Gorillas. Uh, it's no. like bored apes, no. but, but just... No, <laughs> no so juice head gorillas. So oh, my uh, God. I'm we're, actually, clearly, we're clearly still... We're, we're clearly I'm still off the de- I'm kicking you All off right. the platform. <laughs> Thank you. I guess, okay, I guess we need to edit, edit, edit this episode. But no, but, um, <laughs> but regarding the new hotness, I'm, I'm, vacation, I'm, I'm vacationing currently, so I've just uh, done my usual stacking of, of mm. core DeFi stuff. Uh, but um, Got it. let's do some, some more NFT stuff after this. Well, I couldn't resist. In, in in honor of the topic, I did get some ape coin. I've got you know nine or ten ape coin now. You know, I had I had to, I bet on the winners. I got some ape coin. No, so you're, you're part of the community. That, yep, exactly. So this was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. And don't forget, if you're uh, looking to join the hottest NFT, oh look, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking to join the hottest blockchain gaming company around and want to work with your third favorite tokenomics podcast host, check out network.com. I've got a bunch of job openings. All right. Thanks, guys. Goodbye, right. everybody. Merci beaucoup.